so I ended up watching another movie last night. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and I've got big shocking news. Big shocking news. Back to the Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you catch up on all of the back episodes of the Watchlist with Patty and Bill by logging on to thewatchlistpod.com. You can also subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can also engage with us on social media at symbol Pirate Alice, at symbol the Watchlist Pod, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson. And if you just happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, please make sure that you hit that five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I have shocking news. Shocking. Okay. It is, it is, it is going to upend the digital streaming world as we know it. Mm-hmm. So everybody, stay tuned. Oh, we're staying All right. tuned. We're gonna we're gonna do some we're gonna do some reviews, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this news. Okay. Is this like a scoop or? No. This really. th- you know what? It is what it is. Oh, okay. Okay. So I I've got two and a half things this week. I've got like three and a mention. All right. So why don't you start us off? All right. So um, first of all, The Handmaid's Tale Season 5 has started up with two hours as the first. They dropped the first two episodes. And it is off with a big bang punch in the face because it's... it. They aren't holding back, man. They are not holding back. It's pretty awesome. Really? I'm excited. I'm excited for this season. Okay. After these first... Two hours. I'm excited. I know a lot of people are like, whatevs, bored now, but damn. And that's all I'm going to say, because spoilers and shit. Okay. People may not have realized it had dropped already, so that's why I'm not going to say anymore. I don't think you should say anymore. Plus, it's season five by now. Well, Either yeah, you're watching spoiler. it or you're not. I don't <laughs> yeah. think I'm going to make it get anybody to, that hasn't been watching it to start now. You might. Seriously, might, you might because yeah. remember we've we've always been proponents on this show of making sure that it, isn't this the last season? I don't know. Okay, but being proponents of waiting until a show has a few seasons under its belt to start watching True. it, so you're not left hanging. True, but it hasn't been like five years. It's been more than that because of the huge, enormous breaks between seasons. So, uh, yeah. I figure if you're going to watch it, you would have been by now. Well, I... Because I, five seasons, that's plenty under your belt. I yeah, but but the story has to end. Eventually, like you could, yeah. You could go... I mean, fucking Walking Dead has been on for what, 12? Oh, my God, yes. You know, and my God, how much can that story be told? It is still going. It's got double the seasons, if not a little bit more. Yeah. But I just want to see it end already. Oh, for fuck's sake! So yeah. it's nice yeah. to see it. It's nice to see a trend in shows that they realize, or at least they're starting to realize, especially after Walking Dead, that it it's, it's only got a certain shelf life. Yeah. It's not a Twinkie, so it needs <laughs> yeah. to yeah. you know it needs to 
end. But any hoopsie. Yeah. Anyway, so that's The Handmaid's Tale. Do you want me to okay. go on to the next one? or? Yeah, go on to your next one. So that's, that's just my quick mention. Uh, the first thing I have is Devil in Ohio. Ooh. It is on Netflix, and it's based on like a young adult novel with the same title. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it doesn't, like, apparently the book focuses more on uh, one of the teenage daughters, the series is following the mom around more, played by Emily Deschanel. Um, mm. She is a hospital psychiatrist. And there's a teenager. It opens with a teenager, like a young girl, running through, like, cornfields. Somebody's chasing after her. She gets to the road. You know, she's barefoot in her, like, country girl white nightgown. She gets to the road, and car flies by, and then she sees another like a truck coming, she stands in front of it like, stop, please. And she's so traumatized by whatever happened to her in the hospital now, and she can't speak. So mom, Emily Deschanel, runs to the hospital to meet this patient, find out what's going on, if she could get her to talk. But the girl won't talk. She won't tell anybody her name, and she's really kind of freaked out. And we see the girl's got like ligature marks around her wrists, and we also get a shot of Emily Deschanel's character putting a watch on over her own ligature marks on her wrist that are scars. Bum, bum, bum. Foreboding of what's to come. Yeah. Essentially, this girl was part of some weird satanic cult in some tiny town in Ohio that Nobody can seem to, they know this cult exists, but they can't get at it, the, you know, the feds or whoever, mm-hmm. because the small town sheriff is like part of this weird ass cult. As he would be. Yeah. And this girl, I've only watched a few episodes and I'm like, I don't know if I want to keep going or not, because like, you know where it's going. This girl, clearly there's something more to her than what seems, and she obviously wants to take over one of the teenage daughter's lives of this psychiatrist lady. I'm just not, I'm not wowed by it. it. I'm not feeling it. I'm like, this story's been told. The girl's got a pentagram carved on her back, an inverted pentagram. It's not a regular old pentagram. It's the inverted pentagram on her back, obviously. Obvious. Obvs, yeah. Obvs. <laughs> we get some flashbacks of another blonde young girl running away from things where I'm like, it, it, that's got to be our trusty psychiatrist, Emily Deschanel, when she was a child and the reason for the ligature marks on her wrists is running away. And then you see this cop coming on, like, got to come down from that tree sometime, honey. And I'm like, ah. Yeah, How many episodes of this are there? There are a total of eight episodes. I think I've watched the first three, maybe the first two. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know how deep I got. Tori's like, uh, 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 uh. and it seems like psychiatrist is more concerned about this patient than her own daughters who are going through things. Okay. So, that's Devil in Ohio. It's on Netflix. Eh. <laughs> eh. Well, all right. So, yeah. 
the first thing that I have, I, I guess I should end with that thing. All right, I'll start with I'll start with this other thing. So I finally watched Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh, okay. Which uh, debuted on Disney Plus Day. I think it was September 8th or something like that. Disney Mm -hmm. Plus dropped a few things and and all of that. So finally hunkered down last night. Laura was still not feeling all that that hot. So I, of course, made her sit through a Marvel movie. Such a caring boyfriend I am. Oh, God, I suck. Anyway, so Thor Love and Thunder starts off amazingly (laughs) and and there is something that i have talked about on this show quite a bit and it is called five perfect minutes of film where you are placed in a universe or you need to feel an emotion or something happens that is a complete setup it is a complete story from start to finish within that five minutes and christian bale in the first five minutes shows you why he becomes the bad guy in this movie. Mm. And it is compelling as shit. Okay. It really is. To the point where you have an empathy for the villain in this movie. Okay. The problem in this movie, and there are a few, but the main problem is that then they shift focus and make it much more humorous like Thor Ragnarok or Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, and so you're shifting from this really high emotional thing and going into not slapstick comedy, but that lighthearted feel that they did with Guardians and like they did with Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Like because the previous small. two Thors were too dark and then they wanted to lighten it up and that's when they struck gold and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So the... the the other things that are that are wrong with this movie is the fact that it is so dense with comic book references. So oh. shout out to Screen Crush and shout out to um, New Rock Stars because those are the two uh, websites that are the two YouTube channels that I watch to help me understand everything that I'm watching. Mm. So... In other words, we have gone from a very simple story in the Marvel Universe. Here's Iron Man. And at the end of Iron Man, we set up the Avengers. And then throughout all of those movies, you eventually get to the big bad who is out to do this with this, and here's why. Very simple, right? But now with this phase, and and David, I know I'm going to hear from you. (laughs) Shout out to David. I know I'm going to hear from you on this. With especially with the advent of the TV shows and all that other sort of stuff, it is it is a very crowded space in terms of how they are setting up the next big bad, uh, who is Kane the Conqueror uh, or Kang the Conqueror, and so forth and so on, and just all these little details that you need to know and reference. And thank God, new rock stars and Screen Crush exist because they keep track of it for me. I just want to go into a movie enjoying the movie, not trying to look in every corner of what am I missing, what does this mean, and and all of that. So overall, is it the worst Marvel movie out there? No, not by any stretch of the imagination, but it's middling to me. I'm glad I watched it, 
There are a couple of things in the end credit sequences which are which are kind of interesting. Um, not as interesting as some, but, you know, they'll do. But overall, I can see why Thor Love and Thunder didn't perform as well at the box office as other Marvel movies have. So if you have Disney+, Plus, go ahead, watch it. But really, really, really remove yourself from the minutia of shit and watch what's going on. And I think you'll enjoy it a, a little bit more instead of trying to pick out what you're supposed to know and remember and all that other sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Okay. Not meh, but meh, if that makes okay. sense. It does. Okay. It makes sense. Okay. All right. So my next thing is also on Netflix. It's a new show that has 10 episodes and it is called the imperfects i've Ah. only watched the first episode uh this is a sci-fi show where there are three 20 somethings uh abby juan and tilda uh they had some kind of childhood genetic disorder and they went to this doctor who unbeknownst to them did all kinds of weird experimental gene therapy on them. And they were given medication to take every day. Uh, They were supposed to help them with something. And suddenly they can't get their medication anymore. And now weird things are happening to them. Mm. Like the one girl uh, starts, like she hears every noise is like, 800 times louder and when she tries to sing it just comes out as this ear piercing screech that could break glass Mm. and the other girl um she'll be talking like in a job interview and suddenly the interviewers whether they're male or female start getting really possessive of her and wanting to have her and then it breaks out into fights and then the last guy won. Uh, he turns into a chupacabra every now and again. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> As you do. So we've got Abby the succubus, Tilda the banshee, and Juan the chupacabra. So this doctor, the the medication was halting the side effects of this weird gene experimentation. The side effect being it will turn you into some kind of mutant weirdo. Yeah, well. Now, poor Juan, he's got the heart under this whole thing, being a chupacabra attacking and tearing apart things. I mean, Abby just suddenly has people attracted to her. That's not so terrible as being a chupacabra and ripping things apart. And so they go to, in the first episode, because that's the only one I've watched, but all ten are available. They go to where this doctor was and find out that he's disappeared and there's a woman who is working with him who's trying to find him as well. And so now our three imperfects are out to find Dr. Crazy Man who experiments on people. What is this on Netflix, you said? This is on Netflix. I This is like one of those sci-fi channel shows, I would say, that came on around the same era as Farscape. It has that kind of feel and that kind of 
level of right. production quality. Uh, Although okay. Farscape got way better later on. So a little bit better than Xena, but definitely a lot yes. less than yes. something like Umbrella Academy or something. It's Yes, it's definitely got that Xena level right, of production. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. how this feels, which is pretty much why one episode was watched. Ooh. I'm not burn. sure if I want to keep going. I'm really not sure. No, no. Nor should you. If, 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 <laughs> if, again, Patty's not feeling it this week, folks. Look at this. I'm not really, aside from, you know, Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> so far, that's what I've been feeling. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, all right. Yeah. This this one was just kind of, this was another meh. Huh. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to continue that streak. Oh, great. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's actually not bad, but I, I've got some problems. Uh-oh. So, all right. Do you want part of the news that's going to drop later? It's up to you. You were I have it, changed. So I, I have made changes to my subscription services. Oh. So, Dexter, the new blood, is on Showtime. Yep. And I didn't have Showtime. And we want to watch that. And as I said before in last week's episode, I had started watching The Tudors. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that debuted on Showtime was the updated uh, miniseries American Gigolo. Oh. Okay. And I, I started watching that. Mm-hmm. Now, I started, and it stars John Bernthal, by the way, who is... Um, when Netflix was doing their Marvel series, he played Punisher. Uh, John Bernthal was also on the first couple of seasons of The Walking Dead. Hmm. You would you would know him to see him. Okay. And he is he is all over the place doing amazing work. He was in The Wolf of Wall Street. You know he he does a lot of work, but has he achieved leading man status yet? I don't think Where so. you would go and pay to see John Bernthal in something. Probably not. No shade to you, John Bernthal. But so American Gigolo centers on him and he plays Julian Kay. Now that's important because in 1980, the film of the same name came out, which mm-hmm. was directed by Paul Schrader. And that role was played by Richard Gere in the movie. My problem with this is these characters, the characters that are in this TV show from 2022, are based on characters from 1980 mm-hmm. that only I will remember. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because if you saw and liked American Gigolo, are you really going to go back and revisit this story? And it's not the same story, but... The story of this one is, um, so he was arrested 15 years prior to the beginning of this show for murder that he didn't remember, of course. And when he's busted out of jail after new evidence comes to light, he's trying to seek the truth about who framed him 15 years ago and hoping to reconnect with the one great love of his life, because ever since he was a kid, and this is really fucked up backstory, he was used as a sex worker. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he lived okay. in a in a kind of trailer park and all that stuff. So, 
what I like about Bernthal's performance is that he is nuanced and and he can he can act so you kind of feel his his reluctance to get back into the sex trade to to uh, uh, figure out the who's and why's of his particular situation and you also see why he did the sex trade because it got him out of being a trailer park trash guy mm-hmm. way back when in the day the, but this show really has no audience, though, hmm. because the people who who know about the film American Gigolo are older than us, to be quite honest, because when American Gigolo came out, I was nine. Oh, OK. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. It's, it's, so the only reason I saw it, folks, and I'm sorry, was that my mom wanted to go see it. Oh. And she took me everywhere. And she said to me, Bill, we can if anything disturbs you. If if there's something you don't like, we can get up and leave, no problem. But she wanted to see it because she liked Richard Gere. He's a handsome man. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm sitting there bored out of my mind because all I cared about was the Blondie song at the very beginning of the show, <laughs> which which is actually shot almost exactly for this TV show to kind of tie these two together. Okay. Uh, it is. And then also um, Rosie O'Donnell is in this. Gretchen Maul is in this. Uh, who the hell else is in this? Um, Wayne Brady is also in this. Hmm. And it looks like there are going to be eight episodes to this, and it is on Showtime. Okay. Is it worth watching? It tries to be noir, and it is noir. Okay. But is it a noir you're really going to stick with? Meh. I might stick with it just for nostalgia's sake. But then again, I have been known to say that, and then I forget that a show is on, and poof. Yeah. What, what, what I won't forget is that I'm dropping, you know, 2 or $3 more a month to combine my Paramount Plus with Showtime. Yeah. So I did that, and I can't necessarily say... That's a bad thing. It's just a temporary thing. Okay. To watch a few things, and then I'm going to drop the Showtime part. Okay. But should so if you have Paramount Plus, this is not a show that you should be dropping three more dollars on a month. Well, a show that's not even worth three dollars. It's it's not that it's not worth three dollars, but it's not exciting enough. Go, oh my God, Patty, you've got to drop three more dollars a month and watch American Gigolo. If you already happen to have it and you're looking for something eh, to watch, eh, okay, then American Gigolo might be for you. Other than that, you'll forget about this show. Okay. My last one is a documentary. This is a, a like a movie-length documentary. It's not a docu-series. It's like two hours. It's on Netflix, so everything was Netflix this week. It's called Get Smart with Money. Mm. Um, this uh, shares four money transfer- transformations over one year with the help of different financial coaches. So four people or four families, whatever you want to say, depending on who it is, uh, get a financial coach, different four different financial coaches to help them through certain things. A uh, quote that I found from the director of this says... 
Somehow we've ended up with an education system that teaches us the fundamentals of square dancing, yet fails to teach us the fundamentals of how to manage our money. And as a result, most of us are left bewildered when it comes to budgeting or investing. So the four different families are uh, a woman who is married with a kid or two. She's struggling with debt. A person who, a, a girl who's a service worker, she works at a bar or restaurant. Um, she's struggling to pay her bills and she kind of wants a different career path. There's a family with a stay-at-home dad. He And they're learning that earning more means spending more. And they're trying to retire early. They want to try and save money to retire early. And the right. final person is uh, Tease Tabor, the NFL player. That although he's got lots of money, when he was injured, he found out that he Tease Tabor, he's on the Atlanta Falcons now, apparently. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, he was I on the was, Bears. Talking... He was a Chicago Bear for a bit. Uh, he was really good. He earned a whole lot of money in the beginning. And then he got injured. And he was on the injured list, so he made no money. And then when the Bears were setting up their, I don't know, their 45 or 54 or however their team for the, the season. 53. Thank you. 53. See, I knew it was a number. I knew that much from yesterday, <laughs> the first time I ever heard of that term. When they were choosing their 53... He didn't make the 53, but they kept him on the practice roster. The practice squad. Pa yes. Practice squad. So then he was making money now, but not as much as he did when he was an actual player before he got injured. So he wants right. to figure out how to invest his money because... Which is... That's, that's awesome. Yeah. He that's has awesome. no idea how to invest any of his money, and, uh, and he learned, you know, the short-lived uh, career that is... A, a professional football player you get injured and that's it you're not making money at all uh by 35 you're going to be too old i guess to play or maybe even by 40 you're too old to play anymore and now you have no in source of income whatsoever yeah and, and, this, and it go ahead oh go ahead i'm sorry I, I was i was just about to say it's nice to see that they got a, a pro player mm -hmm. talk about being careful with money yeah because all you tend to see are the players flashing money and exactly. not realizing that most people crap out of the league. Yeah. And yeah. and they don't get picked up by a team because just because a team drafts you doesn't mean you're going to make it. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to whittle down almost 100 guys to almost half that in between the draft and the first game of the season. And 53 is a tight roster. Yeah. So it's it's nice to see that at least he making league minimum. Well, and I just looked him up too. Tease Tabo. Tabor um, with an R. Tabor. So yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, he seems to be now on uh, the Seattle Seahawks as a oh, cornerback. Okay. At the end of this documentary, they mentioned he was recruited by the Falcons. They haven't moved him on to the Seattle Seattle Seahawks yet. So he's been no, moving around you, but, clearly, but. Uh, and the, some and some people do, yeah. Yeah, one of the statistics they showed at the end was the majority of NFL players, uh, they they I may have had a number, I didn't catch it, but most of them when they retire, they 
struggle financially because yeah. like like tease did they said at the beginning when he first got all that money he bought a house for his family his mother i think and a house for him and mm. his wife and then there were watches and rings and a lot of stuff he blew his money on and then he sat mm. down with this coach and the coach is like okay and i'm not i'm not making i'm not picking at you but that ring you bought was how much he said like six thousand dollars he's like okay so if you had put that ring that you got a year ago in the stock market, that $6,000 would be like $20,000 right now. Mm-hmm. And he's showing yep. them how important, you know, you have this thing, but what are you doing with that thing versus what can you do with this money that you've invested later on when you, like now, are injured and aren't earning anything? Yep. So he learns a lot through the, the docu- docu-series, and by the end of the year, each of them have, have learned some things. Um, the coaches, each one has their different way of going at stuff. Like, the one woman is all about entrepreneurship, and she helps the server, the girl who's um, a waitress, who also has this... She, went, she dropped out of fashion school, and she's got this creativity and likes doing art and stuff, and she's got her... Um, there's wherever whatever town she lives in there's a lot of murals everywhere so she becomes a mural artist and she goes to art fairs and sells prints of her work and she found one of the customers at the bar she works at um he's got some kind of fashion business or something that he's selling and he needed more help like sewing so she used her sewing skills to help him and she's got this whole side hustle that has given her a, a savings cushion now so yeah. she can cover all her bills so she d- isn't feeling as anxious anymore and her big goal was to get health insurance so that she could get back into therapy because she's mm. got depression and needs and needs that and the uh the one woman who is struggling with debt that um coach is more about the holistic approach to money. Like your attitude with money and your feelings about money affect how you spend it and how you save it. Interesting. Yeah. She's more she feels more life coachy to me, that woman. But she she helped this girl, uh this woman. She's not a girl. She helped this woman. Uh she has her splitting her paychecks into different accounts. She's got the account for bills, the account that's spending money, the account that's emergency savings, and the account that's like dream account, like maybe we'll go on a family vacation. And all the money is direct deposited into each of those accounts, and she can only carry the debit card for the spending account if she wants to buy something. Which is awesome. Because the rest of it, she's got, oh my God, this woman has like, 10 credit cards that she's maxed out and is paying on and oh my god and she's gotten into that endless cycle that we all get into well a lot of us who struggle with debt get into where you max it out and then you start paying it Mm -hmm. down and you're like hey there's room on this you max it out again Mm -hmm. so she's paying that she by the end of the show she was paying she had all of the credit cards paid off and now she's going to start on her student loan. Awesome. Like, See, put all that money towards news. student loan. So this is, it, it gives some really good pointers on things to look at and what you can do. And 
um, how you can save and where you can cut back. Because the family where the stay-at-home dad, they need to cut back on their spending. They're wasting a whole lot of money on a whole lot of stuff that they don't need. And like, cause b- because they now have the money, they can go to the grocery store and just buy the big brand names and not worry about couponing or any of that stuff. That actually leads into the last two things that I'm going to talk about. Okay. so Where uh, is this show This again? is on Netflix, and it's called Get Smart With Money. Ah, that sounds very cool. Anyways, it was Chewy really thinks so also. Hey, all right. Thanks, Chewy. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, my last thing. So, speaking of being smart with your money or not being smart with your money, <laughs> the last thing that I... I did something stupid with money, and then I did something smart with money. Okay. Both pertaining to entertainment. Mm-hmm. I went to go see Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam! Okay. Pearl Jam! <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they actually played that song, too. Of course even they flow. did. A- any- they can't anyway. not play it. Well, actually, no, they can. Uh, so months and months and months ago, Pearl Jam was coming to the Philadelphia area. And I had seen Pearl Jam already mm-hmm. when they shut down a stadium here called the Spectrum, which is a huge deal here in Philadelphia. Huge. It would be like tearing down the Rosemont Horizon oh, damn. Or, or tearing down um, United Center or something like that in Chicago or whatever. So went to go see Pearl Jam, got tickets, met up with people. And, and, and that's very specific because I got the cheap lawn seats. Okay. Now, the cheap lawn seats were $75 a pop. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Now, I say lawn seats mm-hmm. as part of my review. Okay. Usually, when you go to an outdoor arena, your lawn is where you can stretch out. You have a blankie or, and or a chair. Mm-hmm. And you sit, and you can enjoy the music while having a beverage, and you can, you know, it's a little more loosely structured than if you got an actual seat seat within the pavilion part of the outdoor venue, right? Mm -hmm. They sold 22,000 tickets for this outdoor event. I have never in my life been to an outdoor venue that was standing room only fuck and you could and you could only stand i tried sitting because i have no knees anybody who yeah, listens to this yeah. show knows i have no knees i wouldn't be able to i'd be like i'm i'm out man i got to go and and pearl jam made these tickets non transferable so laura was sick non covid but bad cold sick and so she stayed home. And I'm so glad that she did. Because she would have been miserable. Miserable. And so I went and I and she said to have fun and I and I love her for that. And and I went, met up with people, had a great time with them until people were there. Mm. And it was a mass of humanity, a mass of drunken Oh God. Like stupid humanity. So I tried sitting down, and you couldn't because people try to walk through wherever they oh, can they find do. a path, yeah. but they're only looking ahead of them. They're not looking down. Yeah. 
and especially when they're drunk. So I got stepped on several times. I so I was it. like, fuck this noise. I'm going to stand. Oh, no. So almost three hours later. Oh, fuck. And I, and I took a picture. I have never seen that many people. And after the concert, I was talking to strangers, and they said the same thing, that they had never seen so many people. Now, why do I bring all of this up? Not to mention the fact that their set lists are different every single city that they play. Oh. So if you wanted to kind of get a gauge of how long the concert would be, you could go on setlist.fm. But are they going to be the exact same songs in the exact same order like a lot of groups do? Absolutely not, because it's Pearl Jam, and they can play whatever the fuck they want, because they're Pearl Jam. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then when you get into the economics of drinks, your ticket itself, parking. Oh, yeah, you got to be in the park. You're actually looking at close to, and and the $40 T-shirt, by the way. You're looking at close to a $500 night. And you couldn't give Laura's ticket to anybody because it was non-transferable? It like, had her name on it? Is that what you It said? didn't have her name on okay. it, but all the tickets were on my phone. When oh. you download the tickets into your wallet or through Ticketmaster, they are non-transferable. I see. Okay. And if you look at the ticket, you can't screenshot it because there is a moving part to it. Oh, God. Okay. So I had to be there, and I had to be there with the people who were on the ticket bunch that I had on my phone. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, yes, security, but damn, a little inconvenient. But then again, I, I'm not a scammer. I am not a scalper, I, and I, I know that there are. I get that for the scammer-scalper, but for the average person to spend 75 dollars or more because you got all the 800 fees thrown on there to have this ticket and then because something always happens not be able to go now you can't give it to anybody else for them to go and i would have and i told my group i said if 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 i could have transferred these tickets to you i wouldn't be here i wanted to be home taking care of her if if someone could log into your Ticketmaster account, would they then be able to have access to the ticket, do you think? I I suppose so. That's I didn't just even the only way I'm that. that's the only other thing I could think of is if you would have to give yeah, them access to Yeah, but I downloaded them account. to my Google wallet too. Hmm. And by giving them access to my Google wallet, yeah, I nobody also wants have to credit do that. cards yeah, tied nobody to wants, that. Exactly right. my my what I was gonna say is you've got shit connected to that. That's do you right. want to give the, uh, you'd have to give that to somebody you seriously trust? Like seriously try, and I actually do trust these people. Mm-hmm. I, I I really do, but but for the overall experience, for the money is what I'm going to review. Okay. Now there's one thing. After 30 years, Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam can wail. Hmm. They sounded amazing. So the two reviews that I have is the concert itself. The concert itself was great. And after 30 years, Eddie Vedder still sounds like Eddie Vedder, where somebody like a Bon Jovi has lost his voice. Somebody like a Vince Neil from Motley Crue has lost his voice. Certain people sound good after 30 years or 40 years. Some people don't. And Eddie Vedder still sounds great. And the band, holy shit, very good. The experience itself, I will never, ever, ever do that again. Mm-hmm. Because 
the venue itself is, of course, trying to squeeze every little drop out of their shit as possible. And Pearl Jam is typically an indoor stadium kind of thing where you might have 30 or 40,000 seats to play with. So, yes, of course they open up the lawn to standing room only. Even my fat ass only takes up about, you know, a person and a half Mm -hmm. if you're standing shoulder to shoulder. But was it the best experience? No, it really wasn't. Which leads me to go back to my original thing is if we go to a concert in the future, I am buying a luxury box seat so that I can have room and not have to worry about stepping over a gajillion drunk people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just to get to the bathroom. But I will say one thing that was, to me, the saving grace of the experience. And here's the only time I'm going to get political in this show. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to past shows, um, you have to know people what your band is about. You have to kind of know their political bent, especially in this day and age. You kind of want to know where your money is going. Yeah. And Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam are all about democracy. And so they spoke out against the insurrection and they spoke out about the the need to vote and, and so forth and so on, which pissed off the jerk off fuck faces about 10 feet to our left. Wow. And I loved it. I loved every <laughs> bit of it. Because those those assholes were like, I can't go one goddamn day without hearing this bullshit. And then they tried to start a Let's Go Brandon chant, which went nowhere. So it was just, so I thanked God, and I said, thank you, I needed that breath of fresh air tonight. (laughs) And it's true. Part of it is economic. Which is why I, I review the band and then the experience that I'm paying for. Part of that experience you're paying for is putting money in somebody's pocket who may turn around and use that platform for something you may or may not believe in. Mm-hmm. Which is why I don't buy certain products anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is why I don't go to certain places anymore. Mm-hmm. You know. So if you are out there and you have tickets to Pearl Jam, <laughs> ju- especially if you're in an outdoor venue, you ain't going to sit. You're not. And that was horribly uncomfortable for someone like me. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to stand for three hours. Not at all. I could barely stand for like 20 minutes. Let's just get real there. Oh, yeah. My leg was swollen as fuck and I could barely walk afterward. But, you know, such is life. I I wasn't going to get stepped on or fallen on or or anything like that. So, it's you know, it's the choice of the lesser of two evils. But if you have a seat seat and you kind of know what you're getting into, you're going to have a rocking good time. Cool. Now, the last thing. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for my big shocking news? Oh, let's let's give your shocking news a, a breath for a minute. The Emmys. I, I read up on the <sighs> Emmys because they were last, they were this past Monday. Squid Game won six Emmys total. Right? Six right? Emmys total. They, Including... Yeah, they got production design, visual effects, stunt performances, guest actress, director, and lead actor in a drama. First time. 
first time an Asian person has won that award. Yeah, yeah, we like a so foreign awesome. language show, a foreign show. Yeah, that's that's I amazing. I'm excited. I'm so happy. Yeah, Squid Game, and I can now I can say this as a voting member. I voted for them. Excellent. I'm glad you did. Uh, so, you know what? And I was following the Emmys. Thank you for mentioning uh-huh. that. I was following the Emmys to see how my vote, you know. Ah, how did it work? I actually ended up getting like 50-50. Oh, good for you. Because Abbott Elementary won as well. Uh-huh. That came away with Best Writing and, and Best Supporting Actress, and I love that part. And it is a genuinely awesome, good show to watch. But Squid Game, I was so happy about that. Ah, so happy about it. And if you have not watched Squid Game, hold on to your ass, because that is a great friggin' show. Yeah, you should watch it. You should watch it. And I'm sad that Rhea Seahorn was snubbed yet again. She's from uh, Better Call Saul. Oh. I can't remember her name on the show now. Mm. I feel dumb. No, don't feel dumb. Yeah, she's yeah. from Better Call Saul. She still didn't get her Emmy, and the show's over now, and she totally should have, because she's brilliant yeah. in that show. Fucking brilliant. Well, the sh- well the show is over now, which means that she theoretically could get nominated next year. Maybe. For the final season of, of Better Call Saul. Maybe. Uh, we'll see. There were two. Sh- there were two shows nominated for Best Sketch Comedy, a Black Lady Sketch Show, Mm-hmm. And Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And Saturday Night Live won. Uh, some of these, there was one of them I was flipping through. There was only one thing nominated. Mm. And nothing else. And I'm thinking, how is this even a category then if you don't get more than one nomination? Mm. True. And then there was one where it was just Call Me Cat and How I Met Your Father. Two absolutely shit shows and they were both nominated Shit shows. the two of them yep. and they were the only nominations i'm like dude i wouldn't have even voted for that category yeah. at all well i i voted in every category in which i could not good for you they might have been categories that weren't acting categories. i don't think they were i these were um right there were a bunch of them that were given out before monday i, yeah. I noticed as i paged through that uh, the the Emmys website, and that was that must have been like camera something yeah. something with cameras. But I thought, oh, and you have to be in that particular industry um, industry yeah. to be able to vote, which on which makes perfect sense. Because what do I right. what would I know, I know about, about camera shit? You know? Right, exactly. Yeah. exactly. But anyway, uh, Succession, Ted Lasso, and White Lotus were other big winners, and they're always been on that list well not white lotus that's a new one but succession and ted lasso yeah those are the and laura started watching ted lasso and and loves it yeah I, so. i'm sure they're good shows that just i don't know ted lasso just doesn't appeal to me enough mm. yeah but doesn't. appeals enough to a lot, oh, and of a lot of other people yeah i'm just like eh, i don't care yeah well so now your big news all right people I've been saying for weeks I was going to do this. Mm-hmm. I canceled something. <gasps> what did you get rid of? ESPN Plus. Okay. <laughs> that, that's that one I would have got. That's one I didn't even get to cancel, so. 
Okay. Uh, so you have the choice. Okay, so what had happened was I ch- – what's, what's wrong? Uh, my knees are bad today. Oh, yeah, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Oh. This show is eventually going to be sponsored by some type of cool rub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, what's it, Voltaren? Yeah, an anti-inflammatory. anti-inflammatory. This show brought to you by Anti-Inflammatory of the Week. <laughs> Why? Because your hosts are old fucks. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I was trying to turn, I, I was doing bills. Yes, as you hold up the tube <laughs> of Voltaren. And by the way, Voltaren, we are looking for sponsorship. So yes, if you want are. to give us some of that sweet, sweet sponsorship money. You could pay me in two Please. Uh, no, Patty. <laughs> no, no, we need money. <laughs> Back but to business. We will, we will take some less money and boxes of Voltaren. Anyway. There you go. So I was trying to find a way to consolidate bills. Because going back to your money show, mm-hmm. all these streaming services are redonkulous. Yeah. And it came time for for bill paying. So I'm paying all these bills like, all right, I, I need to consolidate something. Did you know that if you subscribe to a streaming service using your smart device... You have to cancel it in a different way than if you signed up for something else directly. So, like, through Amazon? Or is that what you mean? Yes, or through the Play Store where you got it. Okay. okay. So, so I got Disney Plus directly from Disney Plus as part of that three-year mm-hmm. buy it now. You will have a set rate for three years. Mm-hmm. But because of that, and I signed up for ESPN Plus through um, the Roku, I could not do the bundle. Mm-hmm. Because technically, the bundle doesn't exist in either of those worlds when I'm subscribing to one through another. Oh. So I looked at how much I paid for ESPN Plus. You know that fucker is $10 a month? Oh, shit. It's like ten dollars and ninety three cents. Do you get a any month. actual like games that you would want to watch, like football, basketball, baseball? That you get through regular ESPN. Okay, so not the. Plus. But what you, but what you get are the shows that they create for ESPN. Shows like Thirty for Thirty. You get Peyton's Place, which is Walt, uh, which is Peyton Manning doing. Um, interviews with other celebrities and all that. It's actually a very good show. I love Peyton's Place. But I turned to Laura and I said, we got to get rid of something. And she said, jettison it. I even forgot we had it. Oh. I saved us $120 a year with one click. Damn. Go you. I'll tell you what. Now I'm like, fuck it. I'll cancel everything. (laughs) No. (laughs) Fuck it. I want all that money back. But it does go to show you, like, if I do sign up for something again, because I will revisit the Hulu subscription and the Disney Plus subscription, because Disney Plus is actually up this November. So I may do, depending on the cost, the bundle and cancel my current single subscription to Hulu mm-hmm. oh. and then do the bundle because that may end up being cheaper. Okay. So the big news, yes, it, it, it's not earth-shattering. <laughs> and I'm sorry I built it up that way. It's just good radio that way. Um, but 
That's a lot of fucking money. Uh, yeah, it is. 120 bucks a year? Mm-hmm. Shit. So anyhow, I uh, my my point in this being take a look at your subscription service. Oh, and by the way. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you know that Hulu allows you to share your login? Is it Hulu? Yeah, it's Hulu. Oh. It even says in its thing because you you know you're paying for it. You can share with up to one other person on your account. Oh, it is giving you permission to do that up now. Up to one. Other up person. to one other person. <laughs> but at least they're saying we recognize mm-hmm. that you're going to do this, so we give you another login in a separate location to do this. All right. That's kind of cool and forward thinking. But I I think more are going to go also. I I truly do because once we get rid of Dexter and all that other sort of stuff, I'm going to revisit Paramount Plus. Yeah. And that's probably going to be the next one to go. So it eventually will get down to the big three, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Which, clearly you're not going to get or rid is of it, Amazon. Because no. that's your Wait shipping. a minute. Or is it Amazon that lets you share? No. One of the... No, I, in order to get to Amazon Prime, you have to log into your Amazon account. Oh, that's right. Your Amazon account. There is account. no yeah, way yeah, yeah, to share right. Amazon. Yeah, you're right about that. Okay. So I, I'm keeping Disney Plus. I might jettison Paramount Plus because it's just getting to be too much. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember what's on when and where. And and if I really wanted it that fucking bad, I'll I'll do a free preview, catch up on shit, and then dump it. Yeah. I know a lot so, of people, so anyway. who, that's how they do it. They just yeah. have something for a period of time to watch one or two things and then they cancel it and move on to the next thing that's why you're going to see a huge consolidation of shit and certain channels are not going to survive yeah yeah Yeah. but anyway that's my big news all right that's it for me i'm done now so log on to the watchlistpod.com click on that contact us button let us know have you canceled any of your subscriptions have you, do you have that many subscriptions that you would entertain the idea of canceling one of them? Or do you just say, fuck it, I, I, I don't have anything and I'm happy with broadcast TV? Or did you go to the Pearl Jam concert? What did you think about that? What do, what do you think about this this current season of, <laughs> not the Sorcerer's <laughs> Apprentice, the... Um, <laughs> Um. Uh. Uh. What? What's the Handmaid's one with Tale? Elizabeth Moss? Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. <laughs> Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, the shit gets supernatural. <laughs> oh shit. Um. Anyway, <laughs> engage with us on social media at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol Pirate Alice, at symbol The Watchlist Pod. And subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if that just happens to be Apple, give us a five-star review. We would appreciate it. Us and our supernatural. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. That's it. All right. Thanks for listening, people. We appreciate each and every one of you in every single country in which we have listeners. Thank you so much. 
All right. Off to watch more stuff. Yes. More stuff. All right. right. More stuff. All right. Talk to you guys next time. Okay. Okay. Okay, Okay, bye. Bye.